welcome back to What Are You Doing? We're doing episode six with the wonderful Laura Fair. And Laura, where are we we filming this right now? We are in uh, a study room at Acadia University's library. Is it taking you back? No, I didn't spend that much time (laughs) in the library. (laughs) It's intimate, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a good setting, for sure. Friends. So just to get some banter going here, (laughs) what's the first memory you have of us? Or when did we meet each other? So my first actual memory of us becoming friends at Acadia would probably be after the first time we played Sam of X and we beat them for like the first time in history and we were like the only rookies dressing for the game and after the game Matt comes on the bus handing out a bunch of beers (laughs) and we're sitting together and you have a sip of beer and you go oh I don't think I like this (laughs) and I was like have you drank beer before and you're like no. <laughs> and I was like, who is this girl? Like, breaking Amish. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we kind of just corrupted you from there, and it was so fun. And you drank the beer for yeah, me. Yeah, I drank the beer for you. I took one for the team. But, yeah, that's my favorite memory of you, of having a sip of beer for your first time. Yeah. Many sips of beer since then. Me true. So what are you doing right now? Funny you should ask. <laughs> I don't know if I'm worthy to be a candidate right now on this podcast. Everyone's worthy of a great I'm journey. kind of in an awkward position in my career right now. So I'm kind of in between jobs. I was working at a recruiter for a company in Halifax. And then I was headhunted by one of our competitors to be an executive academic recruiter. So I had a few interviews with them and it went really well. So I thought I should probably... Let my company know where my head's at, and then they fired me. So, uh, just hoping I uh, get this job. Otherwise, I'm definitely uh, in a point of uncertainty. So this headhunting business, how did that come about? I think recruiting was always something I was interested in when I was at Acadia. I studied employment relations. I did a business degree. Um, I'm really good with people, but I'm not the type of person... To sit at a desk and kind of just do the same thing every day. I love talking. I'm always talking someone's ear off. So that's what I kind of like about recruiting. It's really fast paced. I'm having conversations with tons of different personalities every day. And um, it's really goal oriented because you got to close the deal and you got to do it quick. And then you make some commission. So if you're competitive, it's it's a good uh, career, but it can be stressful at times for sure. Did you ever change your idea of what you were going to do when you were in your degree? Or is this something you thought you knew you wanted to do from the get-go? I think once I was in my third year, I had Mm -hmm. a pretty good idea. I was interested in recruiting. When I first came to Acadia, I really didn't know where I saw myself. I think before I even came to Acadia, I wanted to do like kinesiology. Hmm. Yeah, because I was like, well, I love sports. Like, I should do kinesiology, and I want to be a physiotherapist. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, thank God for my mom, because she was like, you're not that good at science. <laughs> like, you're like, you like wearing yoga pants, but... <laughs> so she kind of was like, you'd be really good in business, and thank God. Got good grades, but I, I think I probably pissed off some of my classmates. Like, Sarah Taylor, thank God for her, because she would have her agenda out, like did you do this yet? I'm like, oh no, like, oh, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. But I mean, being a varsity athlete, like you had two hours to study a day. So we kind of had to study smart, right? So mm-hmm. 
I was definitely not the girl to be making cue cards in the library by any means. What brings you to Acadia this weekend? Um, well, you, obviously. Oh, I, you're one of my best friends, oh. and I haven't seen you in so long, and I love our chats. True. We always have the best chats. I know, and I, I keep wanting to bring in the things we talked about into here, so we're going to try and yeah. filter through. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier while we were having our great chats about your emotional intelligence. Uh-huh, because you're reading a book on emotional I intelligence. I am reading a book on so emotional intelligence. conversation yeah. flowing. So what, when did you recognize that you were, like, pretty adept at reading up? Yeah, and, like, reading people's emotions. And you had an example that I think was really worthwhile in terms of when you're moving out of that first position. And you're like, your personality, personality doesn't match me. And uh, I'm working, like, overdrive to try and match what I'm not. Yeah, with my bosses. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess to answer that point of the question, where I was working, um, basically the the company was the owner, the partner, and me, mm-hmm. so my position was to support both of them, so I had two bosses, mm-hmm. um, and they both had two completely different personality styles and two completely different management styles. So as someone in a support role for that, it's already exhausting enough having to adapt to two completely different personality styles, and they want different things, and, you know, what might work for one of my bosses definitely won't work for the other, Mm -hmm. so that in itself of having to adapt who you are and not, you know, be your natural style all day is exhausting enough, so having that, you know, tight deadlines, um, stressful environment on top of that was definitely, uh, it was tiring for sure. Yeah. But the first point of your question, I guess, when I found out that... I just realized that you were pretty good at recognizing other people's emotions or, like, that you had a high IQ with emotional intelligence. Uh, I guess it was just, like, I think if you know my family, you would probably have a good idea. It's also, I find that word's kind of a buzzword now. Like, you wouldn't have Emotional said, intelligence. Yeah, like, I feel like you wouldn't have said, oh, I have great emotional intelligence. In, yeah, like, I didn't really university. learn about it until I was in university and people started telling me when I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have a huge family and we all have huge personalities, but we all have different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it's always adapting to each other growing up, um, but then growing up, I was always playing sports, I was hanging out with different groups, I love, I just love learning from different people, and I get different things from different people, um, and it never was, like, a skill or anything I thought of growing up, it was just, like, oh my god, I love hanging out with Michaela because we have the best chats, Mm -hmm. but I love hanging out with Danielle because we have so much fun, and, like, Mm -hmm. I can just hang out with different people, and that's... You know, it was great Adapt growing to up. what they're... Yeah. yeah like, but I never noticed it until I was, you know, working or in school and I could go up to, you know, a professor and be exactly who they want me to be without any effort. But mm-hmm. then I can go to, you know, the janitor or something or go to a different fellow student or just... It's just easy for me. It's never been, like... A tough transition. No. So it's just natural. That is my natural style, being able to be... I'm, like, a very outgoing introvert, I guess, Mm -hmm. which is weird, but I love being alone. I, like, live alone. (laughs) I, like, need my time alone, but I also, you know me, I'm always, like, go, 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 let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just who I am. It's just my personality is... it's It's something that allows me to adapt very easily. You've mentioned sports and being a varsity athlete a couple times now. Mm-hmm. How big has that been in your development to where you are now? Or what skills have you taken from that? I think it was huge. I mean, I grew up always being 
you know, a high performance athlete. I was a, uh, did sprint kayaking growing up and that is a really demanding sport. So I was always doing two practices a day, every day for, oh my gosh. for, and I go to Florida for a month at a time and stuff, but I wasn't that good at it. So my first, first rugby game, I was like, oh, I'm actually good at this. So this is something I wanted to do. So transitioning to a university student athlete, I guess it wasn't that tough for me because I always kind of had that discipline. And that intensity wasn't that much different. No, you were used to that structure. Yeah, I was very used to that structure. But I guess growing up, like that, you know, really built upon my leadership skills, time management, teamwork, all those core strengths that you need to be successful in the world or in the workplace or whatever. Um, that was so important. Um, but then, you know, coming to Acadia and being like dressing in my first year and then having that taste of like oh I want to start and then once you start you get tries and it's just like the best feeling in the world um but then it comes with the highs and lows right so like I had my torn labrum in my second year when I'm Mm -hmm. at like my all-time confidence level yeah it's just like oh I can do so uh I think I could just you know kill it this next year and then you know, you go from, like, working out every day your whole life to, like, not being able to go for a long walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was an adjustment. <laughs> adjustment to say the least, I think. You know, you never understand just how much sports means to you and having that support system and just exercising, like, the stress level. I mean, oh, I went into definitely depression after mm-hmm. my injury for sure, but, like, coming out of that, that was, like, where I think I built the core of my emotional intelligence was, like, how am I getting out of this? Like, I had to make myself so mentally strong. So I think, you know, having that side of being disciplined but also the lows that came with that mm-hmm. really made me who I am today more than anything else, I guess. And how did you work to build that mental fortitude? Um... It was tough. I think I definitely suffered in silence for, like, two years because mm-hmm. I never talked about my feelings growing up, ever. Yeah. That was, like, a big... Yeah, yeah, no, that was never something I did, and still it's not something I'm great with with my family. I think with you guys, I'm so open now, mm-hmm. but no one knew at the time that I was depressed by any means. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't admit it to myself, let alone my friends. So, yeah, it was just a lot of, like, self-help and, like, a good solid year of uh, denial. Yikes. <laughs> and it's, like, not great. But I don't know. I had a really low point, and it was just, like, let's just get over this. And it took a few years to kind of get back, but I'm in the best place I've ever been now. So it's kind of funny because I'm kind of thankful that I have dealt with depression because... Yeah. I just know how important it is to really treat yourself with care. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess just learning to talk about my feelings, which is, like, the scariest thing ever. But now I'm, like, I'm having a bad day, so (laughs) this is what I'm feeling. But it's really really important for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this period right now where you are kind of in between jobs, you also had a surgery, like, you're not kind of in that active lifestyle yeah. yet and you yeah. kind of don't have that regimented work day either yeah how are you feeling <laughs> I am it's funny because normally this would send me into a full-out spiral <laughs> yeah I yeah I like to be working I like to be active and I think um 
so much uncertainty for me is something that's always caused a lot of anxiety. But I think I've just worked so much on my confidence that I'm like, I'll be okay. If I don't get this job, I will be okay. You Mm -hmm. know, it's going to suck for a little bit. But I work hard. I'm a kind person. I have a great support system. So just knowing that whatever happens, I'll be okay. And I've been through worse. So like, I'll figure it out. I think that's really what's kind of keeping me calm. Not to be too cliched or anything, but I'm curious what you would tell like, Laura in her first year. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, oh my god so many things (laughs) don't trust trust your gut stop don't dance on the bill speakers (laughs) dance on the bill speakers stop overstressing about little stuff i put so much pressure on myself to be the best person i can be Mm -hmm. and i think in first year it was like I have to be the best girlfriend I could be. I have to be the best friend I could be. I have to be the best athlete. I have to get um, straight A's and all this stuff. And I would have, you know, such bad anxiety at night because I'm so wound up and putting all this pressure on myself. Um, But I don't know. Maybe that's why I am where I am today because I had those years of being like, oh, go, go, go. You got to do this. Mm -hmm. You got to do this. Like, it's just the drive in me that... I don't know. I think just friggin' relax is what I would tell myself. It's a good one. Yeah. I'm wound up, as you know. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in, like, five years from now? Five years from now. Um, do you see yourself staying in, like, the Halifax area, or is there somewhere else you want to go? Uh, Halifax is definitely home. I love Toronto when I did work there, but... When, when did you work in Toronto? Um, so I did a co-op there after my second year. So I only oh, lived okay. there for four months, but I worked at RBC's office downtown. Um, it's a great experience, like the best summer of my life, mm-hmm. but it's not Halifax. It's very, uh, very different. I never felt like I could be my true self because all my friends were like, okay, Nova Scotia, like, calm down. Yeah. Just, they're just, it's different, right? It's, um... I don't know. I think Halifax is, I feel so comfortable and I think there is a lot of opportunity here. It's so beautiful. I love the fact that I can go to the beach, like the actual beach, not like a lake. (laughs) Like I can, you know, drive 15 minutes and have like the most beautiful view of the ocean. So, you know, I think work for me, as much as I want to be super successful, it's never been my top priority. I think life outside of work is way more important to me mm-hmm. so that's why I would love to stay in Halifax my friends and family are there and everything but there is opportunity for me to be successful there as well yeah I think people have this stigma about Nova Scotia that there's not amazing opportunities here but there are you just have to be able to work hard and make it happen mm-hmm. what you do I try <laughs> <laughs> where how much influence has your parents or have your parents given you in terms of the career you want and what you studied in school? Because you mentioned your mom kind of, like, deterred you from going to kinesiology yeah. in a good reason. in a but... loving way, because I yeah. think she knew what was best for me. I think they've been, like... Like, are they both involved in business? Are they, yes. like, role models? They're, in... like, the biggest role models of my life, which is something I've never told them, but I probably <laughs> should. So, like... It's crazy, like, it's, I would never do what they did. So when I, we, 
lived in Ontario. I was born in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad worked for oil company, mom, I think she worked for the church or something. So she had four kids under the age of six, and they decided to move to Nova Scotia and start their own consulting company with four children and no network or, like, wow. never done any of it. So... Brave. I Yeah. Like, I can imagine. Like, my dad had to move to Russia when we were little for a bit to, like, <laughs> to do some sketchy, like, just make some cash to send home so we can keep the lights Sold on. Sold a couple organs. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just have so much respect because I know, like, none of us would be able to do that. And they did it on their own. And I just have so much respect. And they're the smartest people I know. And just, yeah, huge role models for sure. And they do, um, they do like, HR consulting, sales training, leadership consulting. So I'm hugely interested in it. But I'm... Uh... Not credible enough to kind of like do what they Not do. Not yet. No. Not yet. But one day I would like yeah. to do maybe some consulting and stuff. But just gotta, you know, build Keep my skill set first. Yeah, I believe in you. So Laura, mm-hmm. can we talk about the current position you're applying for? Yes. So it was kind of a different journey. You were headhunted from a prior position for a certain position that no longer fits your wonderfulness. So what's going on there? <laughs> Yeah, well, they initially recruited me to be an um, executive academic recruiter, so I would be headhunting presidents for universities, mm-hmm. um, and so I had a few interviews with them, and it went really well, and then I had an interview with the VP, um, and it also went really well, but at the end, she, she was like, I really like you, I think you're great for the company, but I don't think you're fit for academic recruiting. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so are we done here? What's happening? So she kind of let me know that academic recruiting is really slow because you're dealing with search committees filled with different academic people and they might be like arguing over my grammar and the executive briefs and I'm not the type of person to want to be writing all day. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit different from what I'm doing now. So... She was basically like, I feel like you could do it for sure, but you want to love it. And I don't want to put you anywhere where you're not going to love. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's awesome because that's already such a good sign of a good employer knowing, you know, what's a fit. And if I'm not happy, you might as well, you know, start the clock of me leaving, right? Because you can only do something for so long where you're not too happy. Um, so she connected me with another part of the company, um, contingency recruiting. So, and what does that mean? So let's say you're hiring for a project manager. Mm -hmm. Um, I might have a few weeks to basically find a project manager. So I'll do a needs assessment for you. Um, what do you need? What are you looking for? What do you think a good fit is? You know, what kind of background do they need to have? And then I go headhunting, try and get you a few project managers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a good fit, you hire them, you pay me, bingo, bango. Um, if it's not a good fit, you know, I might have worked for two weeks. And you're like, no, what are you doing? I hate these people. <laughs> and then I have to go back to market. And then might not be a fit again. have to go back to market. And if it's a no-go, I don't get paid. So I could do something for a month, right, and not get paid on it. But that's stressful. Super stressful, but also 
really opportunistic. I was going to say, it can keep you really motivated. Super motivated. Um, and if you're doing really well, you can close deals pretty fast and you can make some good money. But yeah, it could definitely be stressful. <laughs> you could be like, I've been working on this search for months at a time and mm-hmm. it's been killing me. I've been banging my head against the wall. And then the client could be like, yeah, we actually just hired someone internally, so thanks, but no thanks. Yikes. But, you know, you could have really good weeks. It's a lot of highs and lows, so as long as you can deal with that, that's fine. So that's essentially what I would be doing with this in this company. And so they're actually going um, to start business in the U.S., so it would be even more opportunistic. Um, but yeah, it could be pretty stressful too, but it would be a really good opportunity. So I'm excited, but I don't even have an offer yet, but mm. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I think I'm kind of stressed, but not to the point where... Well, you're someone who's a doer. Like, you always have to keep busy. Yeah, I'm keeping myself very strict on a schedule right so now I was gonna of say, unemployment. How do you, yeah, how do you keep that work-life balance and currently this unemployed life balance? Yeah, so I do not let myself sleep in because I do not want to get to the point of staying in bed till noon and then be like oh I guess I should make lunch watch some tv and just be sluggish I do not want to do that so I set an alarm for the morning still even though I have nothing to do set my alarm wake up go to the gym run some errands um try to do some like work for my parents to just make some cash to feed myself because I'm not getting paid right now Mm -hmm. um yeah, and just finding stuff to do. If it's, you know, feng shui in my apartment, it's feng shui in my apartment. Have you been doing any reading or, like, professional development on your own? Yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of listening to podcasts because mm, right. it's just something I'm interested in. I do – I'm reading a book right now, but it's it's called When's Happy Hour. Like, it's not even a <laughs> professional development book, but it kind of is for, like, millennial women. Um, but, yeah, I'm always reading – kind of self-help books and stuff because that's just something I'm interested in and I'm always trying to be the best version of myself so I love those kind of books what podcasts do you listen to um you should listen to armchair yeah I know with Dax Jeffrey because I think it'd be it's really close to what you want to be doing so that's one I always listen to um Adam Grant has a really good one um what's that one about it's so he's a psychologist and he he's written a book called Plan Option B with um Plan B. <laughs> I was like Plan B. No, option B with uh Cheryl Steinberg, the CEO of Facebook. So Adam Grant's uh podcast that you listen to. Yeah, so a good podcast to listen to if you're trying to, you know, be successful as a young millennial. Um it's called Work Life with Adam Grant. So some of the themes are, you know, bouncing back from rejection, um, networking for people who just don't know how to network because it's so intimidating going out to someone more senior and being like, hey. Do you have a business card? When I had a job, I had a business <laughs> card. Fair. Um, yeah, always keep your business cards on you because I've been in so many situations that um networking events where you have a great conversation with someone and you want to connect with them and you're like oh I don't have my card sorry mm-hmm. but you can always look them up on LinkedIn but always have them on you because 
you never know who you're going to run into. That's definitely, put yourself out there, like get yourself out of your comfort zone. There's nothing more intimidating than walking up to someone at a networking event and just kind of not saying anything. Uh, don't try and, like, don't give the pitch. I think a lot of big mistakes young people make is going to a networking event and having that elevator pitch of, this is why you should hire me, blah, blah, blah. Don't do that. Like, just talk to them like a human, really. That's how I've made so many connections is just get to know them. What are they working on at their company? What are the challenges they're facing? Don't make it seem like you're trying to weasel your way in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if they don't have an opening, it doesn't matter. Authenticity is huge. Yeah, always, for sure. At the end of the day, people want to work with people that they like and they trust. And, you know, if you're always putting on this mask, they're not going to... And like you mentioned before, it's exhausting if you're not being true to yourself. Yeah, it's like being in a relationship, you know? If you're always putting this fake persona forward you're not going to know what's a fit for you either because if you're selling this fake version of yourself and then you get in this position Mm -hmm. and you're like oh this is not what I want so it's good to be your full authentic self because if they don't like it then that's you know you know right away it's like in a relationship it's like let's not be (laughs) this other version for four months and fall in love and then be like Oh, you're not who I thought you were. <laughs> like, you can only fake it for so long. So what's mm-hmm. the point? Like, if they don't like you, they don't like you. And then you'll find someone who likes you. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Just be yourself. And if you're a crappy person, then you should probably do Work some on that. Stuff. <laughs> Work on that. Yeah. It comes down to confidence, right? I think I used to fall into the same trap of, like, I think people who see me think I'm really laid back and relaxed and I might not take things too seriously when in reality, when I'm at work, I have my head down, I'm working so hard, I'm like overstressing about, you know, how, yeah, so, you know, just be yourself because being that laid back. Everyone else is taken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but I mean, like, being the laid back person, sometimes people want that. You don't want that person who's coming in, like, oh my god, I worked with someone who come in pounding their fists at me, like, this, 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 like, always so high, like, intensity, Mm -hmm. and that's fine if you want to close the deal and stuff, but you're stressing everyone out. Like, Mm -hmm. just relax, take a deep breath. If you had any advice for anyone who's in your current position, what would it be? Current position of uncertainty? Yeah. Um, I think you have, it was excellent that you said that you like set your alarm in the morning and you keep to that routine. Yeah, definitely keep a routine because it's so easy to become unmotivated once you allow yourself to fall into that kind mm-hmm. of slump. Um, so, yeah, definitely keep a routine. Um always trust that it's gonna be okay I think some people really let themselves just have a breakdown because something you know really tough happens and it's like how will this ever be okay I mean like people die you lose jobs you can get divorced like life goes on so Mm -hmm. allow yourself to be you know feel your emotions but at the end of the day like you gotta you're gonna be okay so keep trucking um But don't just, don't get comfortable. Don't get too comfortable because I think it's different for me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. 
I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, unemployment, gonna go on ER and spend yeah. four months just doing Chilling. me. Yeah, like, no employer is gonna want to hire you after that if they know you're gonna be the type of person to just be com- comfortable. Be too comfortable. Allow yourself to, you know, get resettled, refocus, do what you want to do, and work hard to make it happen. But just trust everything's gonna be okay. But work hard, I guess. Yeah. Do you have any advice for me? For you? Or, um, I guess, any other graduating students? Or, yeah. For you, I guess my advice for you would be, <laughs> you know when something really, like, kind of feeds your soul, right? Like, yeah. you know when you're passionate. So don't waste your energy on stuff that's not making you passionate because those things don't deserve your passion. Like, find what really is going to make you so excited because you are that excitable person. And I love seeing you, like, doing your podcast Mm -hmm. because we were having conversations about your podcast, like, over a year ago in a coffee shop, right? And And here we are. I know, and I can see you getting, like, so amped up. And I love that. And I think you need to keep doing that because you have so much to give. But the problem is when you have so much to give and you spread yourself too thin... You're not giving your full self to what you're really truly passionate about. Mm -hmm. So don't waste your time on the stuff that's not like feeding your soul, I guess, as lame as that sounds. But I I think you're going to be so successful, Nick, (laughs) because you are. (laughs) No, because you're just you're so smart. You're so kind and you work so hard. So I, I don't think you need a whole lot of advice. I think your only issue is you're such a giver and Mm. sometimes you want to give so much of yourself to stuff that you know don't matter yeah so just trust your gut yeah fair fair point do you have any books or you mentioned podcasts or anything that people can do or look into to be more not more like you but that have really shaped your life or your vision on things um yeah I mean there's so much out there there's obviously, like, the classics, Seven Habits. I was going to say, <laughs> the, the, yeah, yeah that one? <laughs> yeah, the classics. But then there's a lot of, I don't know, more modern stuff. I love Adam Grant. He mm-hmm. has great books, great podcasts. I love listening to him. Malcolm Gladwell is another good one. He mm-hmm. has some great books. Um... There's so much out there, like, yeah. just Google it, right? Yeah. But I would say start with the classics. Look up, like, top ten. Start with Seven Habits if you never picked it up. It's the best place to start, I'd say. Yeah, I've been meaning to read that. I have two questions left before we, we conclude this. Okay. Uh, one, just because we are in an Acadia library study room, what's your one of the best memories you have from Acadia? One of the funny, funnest, funniest times you've had here. Oh my god! Like when people ask, "What happened at Acadia?" What do you what think happened at Acadia? So, <laughs> <laughs> like everything is just like flashing in my mind. Um. Oh my god. I think there's different things from every year. Like, our first year on the rugby team, our rookie night was, like, <laughs> the funniest night of my life to me. Because we were, like, the last kind of year of 
bad. Not initiation, but no. not like not not hazing. Not not hazing. <laughs> that was like what really bonded us all. Yeah. I think the boiled cold forty-five <laughs> and sizzling like bacon while we have tequila yeah. poured in our mouths. Oh my god. Um, but just like. I don't know. I've made such good friends here. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys really are, like, my family. And we're mm-hmm. so sappy with each other every time we're together. I we're know. Like, I love you. So <laughs> You're the best person ever. But it's just, oh, my God, that was Acadia. Just the community. The community and, was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And we had so much fun. We would do the stupidest stuff, but I loved it. Yeah. No, I. overall, like, you can't help but think of this place and be like, Good people, good time, good place. Yeah. Like, I just... I haven't Paul Vince's tattooed on my... <laughs> <laughs> it's a okay. I don't have the A on my butt, thank God, but it's one that of... Was a, that was a trend for a while, right? <laughs> yeah, it will be a trend forever, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But... Do you know what the in Pulveris Vince's is? Yes. Yeah, so... I like through dust you conquer. I yeah. think a lot of people say through effort... By effort, you will succeed is another one. I've only ever heard the through dust you comp. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's why I kind of got it, because I went through so mm-hmm. much at Acadia. Um, oh, shout out to Ty Wright and his awesome post, because he used that yeah. I think, at the bottom, and that's what made me think of it again, and that's yeah. why I brought it up. I was like, wow, that was yeah. good. And Paul Vince is, is one of my favorite like, yeah. Acadia kind of sentiments. Um, yeah, because you go through so much, Acadia. You're, Mm -hmm. like, learning who you are as a human, how to make it on your own. You're under so much stress. Like, students are just walking zombies of, like, unhealthy, like, overworked. Over-drinking. Drinking so much, not eating healthy, not sleeping enough, Mm -hmm. living with so many people. And you just, like, I think everyone just goes through really hard times during Mm -hmm. university, but it makes you so much better after. Yeah. So that's it's why. hard to create healthy habits in university. It really is. You're I not, was you're awful. Not, <laughs> you're not set up for success in like that term. No, like, and it's it's just the culture here in any university. Yeah, you're not. all just becoming legal drinking age. Mm-hmm. You're all meeting all these great new people, best friends forever. Yeah, let's drink every single night. Freedom. At least I did. Yeah. Like it was. I didn't. But oh my god. <laughs> well, Monday night at Patty's. Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesdays. True. Trivia night. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday. Well, now it's Friday. Now it's Saturday. Monday, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah oh my god it's like was I really depressed in university or was I just always hungover (laughs) that's a good quote I mean awful drink some more water really if I can tell you anything drink more water eat some vegetables and uh lastly we'll just end with a quote you might have um I think one of my favorite quotes is really simple um whatever you are be a good one so you know, it doesn't matter if you want to be a uh, milkman, <laughs> lawyer, doctor, because we all have different passions and we all have different paths in life. But mm-hmm. why are you spending eight hours a day on something, putting in half the effort? So yeah. find what feeds your soul. And do you remember where you heard that the first time? Or like, I, maybe my mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Mother's Day, too, so maybe... Shout out, Brenda Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Finally tell them that they're the biggest role models of your life. Mom, I've been meaning to tell you. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a great platform. <laughs> now I got an extra I'll listener. I'll post my link on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> Chicken ear. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, mom. <laughs> Fast forward to 30 minutes and 28 Thank seconds. Thank you for everything you've done for me. <laughs> no, moms are great. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Brenda. <laughs> Thank you for bringing a wonderful friend. Aw, thanks. You're a wonderful friend. Oh, shucks. <laughs> On that note, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to hear? Um, no. I think you're doing an amazing job. Getting I'm better s- every week. I'm so happy you're actually doing this because, yeah. like I said, we had conversations in a coffee shop over a year ago, and yeah. I was like, you need to do this. That'd be so much fun. I was so mm-hmm. jealous. I would love to do a podcast because there's nothing I love more than just talking out loud <laughs> well if we're ever in the same place or maybe we can collab on something sometime yeah we can collab i'll build Anytime. my <laughs> build my street cred up and... yeah for sure no just keep doing what you're doing buddy you do an amazing job thank and you. thank you so much for having me thank you for being here it's of been course. a pleasure i don't know if i was I you're don't know. wonderful i can't hold up to jana and everyone yeah. else but... no 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 <laughs> everyone holds their own everyone has a neat story <laughs> so my listeners Please uh, comment, subscribe, if you have feedback, which apparently some of you do, but don't tell me until I ask you. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, I mean, like, it could be a little louder. <laughs> so tell me, please. Tell me how I can be better. Um, and thanks for just tuning in, because I, I appreciate this journey you're taking with me. Hit that subscribe button. Yeah. <laughs> Peace and love, my friends. <laughs>